Greetings, Liberty. So good for us to be able to gather together today. I am so thankful to God for every single one of you. I'm thankful to Him for the way that you have continued to seek the Lord, to follow hard after the Lord, to walk with the Spirit through these last five years of lockdown. It's really been wonderful to see how each of us, though life has changed drastically, how we've continued to seek the Lord and to continue to grow in faith and continue to grow in our relationship with Him. As we heard many weeks ago, uh, as we fellowship with one another and as we grow in relationship with one another, uh, our, our fellowship and our relationship is with the Lord. And as that continues to strengthen and grow, uh, our joy is made complete. And so I have great joy uh, as I consider and think about each of you and what the Lord has done in your lives over the last year, over the last two years i um, just really excited for, for what lies ahead, as uh, uncertain as it is, uh, really excited for what does lie ahead. Today I want to speak about the Spirit of Freedom, talking about the Holy Spirit who is the Spirit of Freedom. And so last week, uh, you would remember from Galatians 5, Matt just did a wonderful job um, of showing us what it means to live by the Spirit and to walk in step with the Spirit and so Galatians 5.16 says, Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. Uh, Paul, as he writes this letter to the Galatians, then moves on and says, By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by or walk in step with the Spirit. And so the question I have to ask is, how do we walk in step with the Spirit when we are barely able to walk in public in a mall? How do we walk in step with the Spirit when we aren't permitted to meet in our large gatherings, how uh, does walking with the Spirit look for you? How does walking with the Spirit look for me when the way that we've always done church has been drastically changed for many of us? What does walking in the Spirit look like? And before we get to continue in Galatians, I want to commit us and the Word to God. King Jesus, how wonderful it is for us to know that when we presence Uh, When we presence ourselves with one another, that you presence yourself with us. God, what a great joy and privilege and gift to us, gathering as believers is. And so I thank you for every gathering that is taking place, not just in the Helderberg, but throughout the world today, as people commit their time to you, as people commit their hearts and the word to you. God, just what a joy to know that you presence yourself with us. And so we thank you for this gift. We don't want to take it for granted But when we do gather, we want to know what it is that you're saying to us, God. Would you do a deep work in us today, Holy Spirit, that as we open up the Scriptures together, that the work which you intended for that Scripture to achieve would be done in our lives and done in our hearts. Lord, we love you. We are so grateful for you, for the life that you've given us through Jesus Christ, for saving us, that we have an eternity ahead of us to be with you. But that while we are on this planet, Lord, we need to figure out what it means to walk in step with the Spirit. And so, Spirit of Freedom, would you help us to grasp this truth today and to apply to our lives, we ask in the beautifully powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Galatians 5. We're kind of going to be jumping around a little, uh, but if you will, open your Bibles to Galatians 5. Verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, and do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. Not obey this, not obey this, not do this, not do that. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There are many Christians who have become enslaved to so many things in their lives. And one of the things we can even become enslaved to is the form of church. Uh, I think lockdown and the COVID whole scenario has, has really risen up inside of us. How dependent we are upon the form of church rather than the heart of church, which is to follow Jesus and to be a body of believers uh, and so the, the formats of church can become prison cells to us if we're not careful. And I, I'm all for structure, so don't get me wrong. I'm all for structure. I love systems. I love it when things are running smoothly. But I'm not for systems and administration and form when it's just there for the sake of form. That form needs to enable life. It needs to bring support and strength to a purpose and a vision which for us as Liberty Family Church, is to love God and to love others as we grow in making disciples. And so the form and structure has to support that in whatever way the Lord determines that that form and that structure should look. As Liberty, I think, I hope, I pray that we have done well over the last year, two years, as COVID has caused us to have to relook at our form and our shape of church. Uh, and I feel like we've, we've kept in step with the Lord. The, the elders and the leaders have sought the Lord continually and saying, God, how do you want us to shape church? And what do you want it to look like for us as Liberty Family Church going forward? With or without the beautiful refinery and with or without Southeast Vines and as we've had those wonderful times in the park. With or without them, with or without lockdown regulations. God, what are you calling us to as your church and what do you want us to? To look like. Why? Because you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Liberty, we've been called to freedom by Jesus. And I, I believe that Jesus wants that freedom which he died for, that freedom which he rose for. He wants that freedom established in your life, established in my life, established in Liberty Family Church, and more than just established, to actually begin to bear fruit and bear more fruit of that freedom in our lives and for you as a believer. And I am free, you may say. And for me, I would say, as I put my trust and my faith in Jesus, I'm free. He has set me free. But to be free means that we, we have our prison door wide open. Yes, that's freedom. To have our prison door wide open. But you can still have your prison door wide open and yet not experience the freedom of actually stepping up and walking outside of that cell. Still experiencing the environment of prison life, even though our door is wide open. And to live by the Spirit is to put our trust in Jesus and to be declared free, to have that prison door flung wide open. But, as Matt was pointing out, to walk in the Spirit means to have that life which God has given us and to actually live it out and to experience the freedom to walk out of that cell and to experience the fresh air and the blue skies. To experience the freedom which God has bought for you. 
And so we ask ourselves, firstly, have you been set free? Have you put your faith and your trust in Jesus? Do you live by the Spirit? Have you been given the Holy Spirit? But then for you, saints of liberty, how are you walking in the Spirit? Are you experiencing that freedom which Christ intends for you? But if we think we are free, it's really helpful that Paul, he gives us a mirror against which to reflect how free we truly are. And it's a wonderful mirror to look in. It can be convicting, but it's a wonderful mirror to look in. And I'm going to be reading nine words from Paul, which represent the manifest fruit of the freedom of the Spirit, the Spirit of freedom in our lives. And I want to ask you to reflect on just how free you truly are. Are you ready for this? (laughs) Probably not, but are you ready for this? I'm going to read nine words. And as I read each word, consider and ask yourself, how free am I? Nine words. Love. Joy. Peace. How's your peace? Patience. How's your kindness? Generosity or goodness? How's your faithfulness? How's your gentleness, leaders? And how's your self-control? Why is this freedom? Because Paul continues after that verse to say that there is no law against these things. You can't put a law against love. You can't put a law against joy and peace and patience. You can put a law in place that requires you to put on your mask. But there's no law against these things. That's why Paul's saying this is true freedom. When we walk in these nine things, that is true walking in the spirit and experiencing this freedom. And I, I often look at these words when the kids sing it in that wonderful song of the fruits of the spirit. I often look at these words and I, and I realize how imprisoned I still am. Yes. Any of you look at all nine and go, got those things under control? Savvy? I'm so glad and grateful that this word is doing such a deep work in you. But I look at these and I go, oh, there's so many areas that I feel like I'm still imprisoned. That I'm so inept, indept, so spiritually unfit in some of these things. And these, these words become theoretical. I think, oh, the concept of love and the concept of kindness and goodness and faithfulness, they, be, they can become quite theoretical that can become a notion that's out there to consider and can be hard to measure and to have a consistent way of measuring but measure we must for galatians 5 continues and says all must test their own work then that work rather than the neighbor's work will become a cause for pride or something that you can rejoice in So what do we need in order to to see this freedom of the Spirit taking root and growing and developing in our lives? What do we need? Well, Galatians 5 again continues and says you need to sow to the Spirit because then you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. You've got to sow to it. And sowing does not bring to you that idea of something that's slow. You sow the seed. You don't wake up in the morning and there's the fruit. No, you've got to continue to sow and sow and sow. So when you, when you look at those nine words, it's not like, oh, wake up tomorrow and I'm suddenly now a man of self-control. No. How do I sow into these things? How do I walk by the Spirit to see these fruits grow and grow and grow in my life? Sow to the Spirit. And you know, suddenly it dawned on me that the very, this very week, as I read these verses, as I read those 
uh, the fruits of the Spirit, suddenly dawned on me that the verses following were actually talking about the fruits, which, which you think would be obvious. But sometimes as you read Scripture, you, yeah, these are the fruits of the Spirit. Okay, cool. And then, and then, okay, Paul's continuing to write his letter to the Galatians. But actually, there's an outworking of these verses which takes the fruits of the Spirit out from the theoretical and actually applies it to real life, real practical life. Look at this as you consider those nine words. Galatians 5, to 6, 10. By contrast... The fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. This is what Matt spoke about last week. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by or walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited or vainglorious, competing against one another envying one another so 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 when you when you become vainglorious what you do is you 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 compare yourself to others you become competitive and so what paul's writing here is he says let us not be conceited let us not compare ourselves to others he's saying rather than being competitive let's be at peace with one another be non-competitive Because competitiveness results in us either going, oh, I'm so proud because I'm better than that person, or becoming envious because they're better than us in our own measure. He says, my friends, come on, if anyone is detected in a transgression or sin, you who have received the Spirit, believer of Liberty Family Church, you've received the Spirit, should restore such a one in a spirit of what? We know that when a brother or sister sins, that we need to restore them, yes? We need to bring them back. We need to get them to turn away from their transgression. But so often we forget this. How? In a spirit of gentleness. A spirit of gentleness. Gentle restoration. Are we a church of gentle restoration? Are we a church who beats one another up with the law of the letter? Letter of the law. Or do we actually restore one another in gentleness? That we feel like it's a safe space to bring our transgressions, that we would be restored with gentleness. See that? Outworking of peace, the outworking of gentleness. Paul then says, take care that you yourselves are not tempted. How do we restore someone in gentleness? By realizing that we are prone to transgression and sin ourselves. Sure, it may not be the same sin. Sure, I may not struggle with the same addictions as somebody else. But I've got my stuff. I've got the own things, my own things with which I'm tempted, which the devil knows to tempt me with. But he says, take care that you yourself are not tempted. What does that mean? That you would remain faithful. Faithfulness. Bear one another's burdens, he says. Bear them. What does bear one another's burdens mean? Immediately comes to mind is long-suffering, yes? When someone says, I've got a burden, you're like, oh, do I really want to engage with this thing? Why? Because it's going to be a long walk to walk with them. This talks about patience. talks about patience, which is so practical, bearing one another's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill what? The law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? It's the law of love, remember? This summarizes the whole law. Love your neighbor. And so in this way, by doing these things, you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. Or must test their own work. Then that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause for pride. 
For all must carry their own loads. We all struggle with our own things. Those who are taught the word must share in all good things with their teacher. What does that talk about? Generosity. Not just those who teach us must we be generous with. Not only must we support the work of the church for those who've given themselves to the word to teach us in the ways of the Lord. But as we see the early church, remember they sold stuff to make sure no one was in need. What does that talk about? People who were just so generous, living out generous lives that none would be in need. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for you. Reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. And so what? So let us not grow weary, even after five years of lockdown. Let us not grow weary in doing what is right. For we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all. And especially for those of the family of faith. And so when we work for the good of all, we work for the good of all in kindness. Especially for those of the family of faith. We're kind to one another. Do you see the outworking of the fruit of the Holy Spirit as He dwells in you, believer? As He dwells in you, family of faith? That fruit isn't just a, oh, I'm a patient person. Oh, I'm a kind person. You can't declare that you're kind. You can only show kindness. You can't declare that you're faithful. You show faithfulness. It's a practical outworking of the fruit of the Spirit. And so that is how we walk in the Spirit. That is how we experience the freedom of the Spirit. With practical outworkings. So many of us want to grow in understanding of the knowledge in Scripture. Yes, and that's good. And Scripture talks about that. And we need to grow and even appreciate and be generous toward those who teach the Word to us. And that's good. But you know Jesus, when He just that scripture where he rebukes the Pharisees for, for knowing this thing backwards, but not living out the fruit of the Spirit. He's basically saying that's almost more important. Let this teach you. Let this guide you. Let this shape you. It's so important. But if we're not living out the freedom that the Spirit wants to live out through us, this is all to dead works, he says. There's no point in it. And God is calling you, Liberty, He's calling me to be a people who live out the fruit of the Spirit, that we walk in true freedom. Holy Spirit freedom. If we look at these scriptures, do you know what true Holy Spirit freedom is? It is neighbor indulgent, not self-indulgent. Neighbor indulgent, neighbor serving, not self-serving, faithful, practical love. What does it mean to be free in the Holy Spirit? It means to have neighbor-indulgent, neighbor-serving, faith-filled, practical love. To be a Christian is not theoretical. It is so practical that it comes at a cost to us. Whether we're in a building or whether we're in homes, whether on Sundays or whether we meet on Wednesdays, whether we meet digitally in lockdown or whether we meet in person, whether we are chained in a prison or oppressed by an Egyptian pharaoh, whether you're a rich young ruler, whether you're a poor old widow, whether 
you're free to worship, whether we're fatigued from lockdown, whether you're riddled with disease, or whether you're at the peak of your health performance, none of that determines your freedom. None of it. It is all just external circumstance. For in Christ, continues Paul in Galatians, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. Neither vaccinations or non-vaccinations, all the flippant fighting that happens between us over these insignificant matters which count for nothing. The only thing, Paul says, that counts is faith working through love. You were running well, Paul says to the Galatians. Who prevented you from obeying the truth? He's asking, how did you run off course? You were running so well. How did you get distracted with these non-essential things, this form of church? The arguments that arise through this pandemic, but all of life. He's like, what happened? How did these inconsequential things break the freedom which Christ gave you? What is essential? What is it to be obedient to the truth? What does it mean? How are we obedient to the truth? I'll tell you how. With neighbor indulgent, neighbor serving, faith practical love. That is all that counts. That is all that matters, says Jesus. To have love for your neighbor fulfills all the law. As we sow to the Spirit in this way, by neighbor indulgent, neighbor serving, faithful, practical love, we get to experience true freedom in Christ. That's where true freedom is. Irrespective of our circumstance. Lockdown cannot take away that freedom. For against these things there is no such law. We can experience spiritual freedom even when imprisoned in chains. If we're living in that freedom, we can experience freedom even when nailed to a wooden cross. And in fact, the tougher our life situation the greater the freedom that is experienced when sowing to the Spirit. It doesn't make earthly sense. It seems contradictory, but it's true. The martyrs who were killed for their faith over the centuries, we look at that and go, that is the harshest way to die. Like That is just the worst. But they're the ones, as we look in Revelation, who are at the side of the throne of God, say, God, when will you bring vengeance for our blood that was spilt? They're the ones most dear to the Lord. Why? Because they sowed in the Spirit through the toughest of circumstances, which allowed them to experience the greatest freedom, which no one, not even death, could take away from them. Paul served his brothers and sisters with some of the most joy-filled, freeing letters which he wrote while in chains. 
the cross was the greatest moment of neighbor indulgent, not focused on himself, neighbor serving, Jesus serving you and me, faith filled, completely pleasing to the Lord, practical love ever shown on planet earth in the thousands of years of human existence. Is your life situation tough? Perhaps it is. Are you struggling with anxiety? Are you just over this whole lockdown? Is lockdown and the uncertainty of COVID just dragging you down? There's just no light at the end of this tunnel. Is it a real pandemic or is it a real conspiracy? Is the fear of infection or the fear of dying, is it crippling you? Is isolation causing you to withdraw into anxiety? Is it causing you to withdraw into depression or self-indulgence? Where, oh, I'm actually loving this lockdown. I don't need people. Self-indulgence. Is your faith wavering? Do you feel like, ah, I'm just not having this fellowship? Are you over just being told how to live, where to live, when to wear masks, when to not wear masks, when to buy beer, when to not buy beer? Do you just want your freedom back? Do you want your freedom back? Saints, we do not need to wait for lockdown to lift to live in the most true and experiential freedom of all existence. The freedom that's found in walking in step with the Spirit, with the fruit of the Spirit, working itself out in us as we live lives of neighbor indulgent where you're so obsessed with your neighbor's welfare Neighbor serving, faith-filled, practical love. Then, Liberty Family Church, we will experience the true freedom that no law can stop. No law can take away from us. Isn't that the freedom you want to experience? We don't need to wait to return back to Normal, whatever normal is supposed to be. Those whom Christ has set free are free indeed, irrespective of life circumstance. We need a mindset change, brothers and sisters. We've got to change the way we see freedom. We are free, free to live lives for the good of our neighbors. Whatever God's servants in the government throw at us. They're not Christian. They're still his servants. God uses leaders for his own good and for the good of his church. Could lockdown be for the good of the church? Can we live in the freedom, more of the freedom God has for us, by not having our earthly freedoms? I think yes. I think this is a mighty work of God. The question we need to be asking ourselves is within the confines of our current frustrating environment, it is frustrating, but in this environment, how can we liberty, how can you and your family, how can you individual, how can the fellowship with which you are now gathering, how can you sow to the Spirit? How can that fruit of the Spirit bear through you? How can you walk in step with the Spirit and show neighbor indulgent, neighbor serving, faith filled, practical love.
That's true fellowship. That's where joy will become complete and we get to show true love. It's not a time to become self-indulgent. Certainly rest and building up of yourself and energy levels and that are important. They are physical exercises of some use. But being trained up in righteousness is of use and has benefit for this life and for the one to come. The free life is one lived for others. To the glory of God, it's not just to live for others. It's to live for others. Why? For the glory of God. That He, at the end of this, will get thanked. Yes, thank you for serving us. Thank you for being so generous. And I want to thank everyone for being so generous to Liberty. The finances over the years, and I know many of us are struggling, but continued faithfully to tithe, continued faithfully to support the work of this local church, of which we all benefit. Yes, I hope you, I hope you agree that you benefit. That my wife and I can have a livelihood, and you can support our ministry. But it's not our ministry as much. It's the ministry of Jesus Christ who he uses these various gifts in the church to use for their building up. And so for every one of you that have given every cent to Liberty Family Church, I want to thank you for your generosity. I really do. But it doesn't stop there. My thanks then lifts high and says, Jesus, I thank you for your provision. If every one of you decided, actually, this ministry sucks and we don't want to support this church anymore, you know the Lord would provide for us through, somewhere, through some other mechanism and means? But He's using you and you get to benefit for all of eternity. You get rewarded. And so you get to say to all the teachers, thank you for your teaching. I get to say thank you for all your generosity. And together we go, Jesus, thank you for looking after your church. You are so good. That, as we lift our eyes, we get to live in the freedom of the Holy Spirit. As we co-labor together in the work that the Lord is doing. And a mighty work He is doing, yes. This is so practical. I want to end with Matthew. What does this look like? How can this look for us? Well, when the Son of Man comes in His glory, says Jesus, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. His glory, not yours and mine. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep at His right hand and the goats at the left. Then the King will say to those at His right hand, Come! You who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. This is not our kingdom on this planet. There is one waiting for us. For I was hungry and you gave me food. Oh, we're getting real practical here. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? When was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his right hand, left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire Prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you did not welcome me. Naked, you did not give me clothes. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. 
Then they'll answer, but Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick in prison? Of course, if we saw you, we would have come and helped, surely, and did not take care of you. And he will answer them, truly, I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. When Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, in light of what it means to lay your life down for others, you know that after two days the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. This is so practical, Liberty Family Church. Let us not get to Jesus one day when He returns. And go, but Lord, if we saw you, we would have done all these things. He's talking about true fellowship that takes care of one another. And when we take care of one another, it's as if we're doing it to Jesus. Why? Because we're His body. And so in light of this crucified Christ, let us discuss the following things in our gatherings. Discuss how we can actively work for the good of all, especially those of the family of faith, in light of our current situation. Think of those doing well. Think of those struggling. How can we love on them within our current context, which may or may not change soon? We're not waiting for lockdown to end. Now, saints, how? Do we actively work for the good of all? There's no point in waiting until things return to normal. There is no such thing. And in fact, you know the church has been under persecution more than it's been free throughout the ages. Living in a peace as a church is actually not normal. (laughs) Persecution is normal for the people of God. And so in our current situation, what are the current opportunities which God is affording us to worship Him with by serving others? What opportunities are you faced with? There are people who are so fearful of this disease and so fearful of death that they're locking themselves away. You have an opportunity to reach in with the life of Jesus, saint. How can you do that and to whom? Discuss that in your groups. Discuss what fellowship gatherings can look like in our current season and our current situation. This may change week in and week out. And Liberty, thank you for your flexibility in this. Planning to meet in the park, but the day before it's raining, and so we go somewhere else. Thank you for your flexibility. We need to remain this way until the Lord returns. Flexible. What practical things can you or are you doing to sow to the Spirit such that these fruits... Have an environment in which to be produced. We get to create the environment where the fruit of the Spirit gets to be produced. So, essentially what I'm asking you is what neighbor-indulgent, neighbor-serving, faith-filled, practical love can you get yourself busy with over the next week? When we remain flexible and continue to ask this question day in and day out, this walk with the Holy Spirit becomes dynamic. It becomes alive. It's not a prison cell with which we just go through the formulas and go through the routines. It's living, alive. And that is what Jesus is calling us to, Liberty Family Church, a living, walking with the Holy Spirit, dynamic relationship. We get to live in the freedom of the Spirit and know Law can stop us. Why don't you discuss now what and how we can walk with the Spirit 
in the season we find ourselves. I love and miss you all. And I know that the Spirit is deep at work in His church. And I look forward to seeing the growing fruit. And I love seeing the growing fruit as time goes by. This is hard for all of us. But if we can change our minds and stop focusing on the environment, but focus on the work that the Spirit wants to do in the environment, we are going to experience a freedom greater than we even experienced pre-COVID. I promise you that, Liberty. That much I can promise you. May the Lord be with you. May the Spirit open your eyes to what He is doing in your life and to those to whom you have contact and have fellowship. Let Him use you to draw them back in, those who have distanced themselves. Those who are down, let Him use you to pick them up. Those who are struggling, let Him use you to be generous. May the Lord be with you. 